If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Hi, everyone. It's the greatest day of the week and the greatest time of the week. And that's because it's time (laughs) (laughs) to, to thank our new patrons. First up, we've got some champions for actors rights. These folks, these folks do not, um, Hang their actors for real. <laughs> they don't. They definitely don't. Um, and they are Kelly Lenza and Tobias James. Welcome to uh, Welcome, Fighting guys. for Those Actors' Rights. You are the champions, my friends. <laughs> you are the champions. What a bar we've set for you, which is just to not hang anybody for real. Um, <laughs> I believe in them. They can do it. I believe that they can do it. And they are... Welcome to the team, y'all. Welcome. Um, another welcome to to some folks who hopefully they'll hear this. They might be out on the water um, because <laughs> they're our newest <laughs> vessel heads. Um, and Woo. they've got quite a lot of company we've got this week. Victoria E. Smith, Katie Bald, Tara Pratt, Jose Linquist, Michael Ashley Lamphere, and Landry Desmond. Ooh, baby. Y'all. Welcome. I knew that vessel head tier was going to be popular because. Oh, my gosh. Who doesn't <laughs> love a vessel? I mean, these guys do. So they can't even that they, they couldn't tell you who doesn't. No, they could That'd be crazy to them because they love vessels. <laughs> they love them. Um, and I know another group of people that love something that makes a lot of sense because it's Tony fucking Colette. And who doesn't love her? Ugh, who doesn't? So we've got a couple people joining her inner circle. And they are Oro Idolin and D Stevens. Welcome to the circle. Welcome to the circle. Oh man. Welcome to the circle. We love it here. Us and Tony. It's so good. Having a great time. It's so good. It's so good <laughs> to be a member of each of these groups. I love it. You love it. We love to see it. We love to have you here. Thank you so much. And uh here's the dang show. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy, and you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch, the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves. I'm Emily, and I am too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Henley, and I am also too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Sammy, and I like watching scary movies, and I like telling my two scared friends all about them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's what we do. That's what we do. That's what we're here for. And that's what we do. That's what we've been doing week to week. <laughs> um, what is up? What is up, Henley? Sammy, what's going on with you? I have a, a scary thing. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Oh, an actually scary thing? Yeah. <gasps> you guys know it, but I can expand on it to we'll surprise to surprise even you. No, you will be surprised. Oh, OK. Um, so first there was a spider inside my computer, mm-hmm. which was 
very weird. Never heard of that happening before. Between the glass and the screen. I think what happened is it must have snuck in the vent in the back, yes, and like uh, somehow gotten between, yeah, the display screen and I thought I was going to have to rip off the screen of the computer and get in there and someone actually did say that the same thing happened to them and it, the Apple Store <laughs> charge them $600 to get the spider out of their no, computer. No. <laughs> oh, Lord. Anyways, um, I just chose to ignore the problem. And guess what, guys? It worked. Great advice. <laughs> just, Great advice. Just you ignore the problem. You translate that to any problem you could ever have. <laughs> Emotional. It doesn't matter. Just ignore it. Just ignore it. Um, and the next morning it was gone, so it was great. So that means there's a dead there's a dead spider in your computer somewhere. It, possibly, but I can't see it. Or it crawled out and died. Or crawled out and lived. That's or it crawled true. out and lived. Yeah, so it could be alive. Three possible <laughs> I wish it the best. It was very it was Sammy, it was very jarring seeing that video of it being inside your computer. It there's was something so weird. about that that was like it, it was it was like this is this isn't real. This we're living in an alternate reality with it a spider feel weird. in a it computer. It was like the ring. It was like the ring when yeah. the fly is in the TV screen and then you pull it pulled out into the real world. It was very Although weird. Henley yes. did make a perfect joke, which is that it's just like Zoolander, and I laughed in the computer <laughs> really hard about it. Um, I laughed very hard <laughs> inside the computer. Um, but okay, so then after that, the next I like wasn't having a great week mentally. It's tough times all around everyone has bad days now frequently and i was having one of those and at in the evening time i made myself corn on the cob my favorite food and (laughs) i set it down on my table and it rolled off and rolled right under the couch and i just burst into tears (laughs) oh no and then then as i went to go pick it up i walked through a spider web in my house and was like what the fuck and brush it off was like, okay, that's hopefully the end of that story. It wasn't. <laughs> I sat down and a teeny tiny little spider was on me, smushed it, killed it. Another teeny tiny spider no, was no, on me. No, 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 Sammy, this is my worst nightmare. No, Five don't go teeny, on. teeny tiny no! spiders all over my person. I jumped up to inspect what the fuck is going on. I found like a newly hatched nest of baby spiders. <gasps> I hate this. I hate I hate every second oh of this story. God. I hate it. It was so bad. I just it, I got to the point where I was like, this is the worst night of my life. And <laughs> <laughs> and I was actually pretty numb to it. And then I was just like killing tiny spiders and I vacuumed them all up and it was fine. But anyways, pretty scary week for for me. <laughs> oh my Sammy, I cannot believe that about that evening the only news we received from you was that your corn fell. Well, I was like, I'm going to save this one for the pod. I, oh. You got to save something for the pod. You got to save something for the pod, I guess. But <laughs> holy hell, what a brave, brave woman. Yikes. I would have moved. Yeah, you got to move. I think <laughs> that's what move. that means. You have to move now. Yikes. Maybe to New York. Maybe no. all the way to New York. No. Oh, boy. But that was a lengthy story. Okay, Henley, what's up with you? Uh, I just real, really fast. Um, as you guys may know, I have moved to New York. Have we mentioned it? I think we have. Um we have. I, one really fun thing that I'd forgotten about living on the East Coast is that, um, like flash thunderstorms happen all the time. And God, I miss that. Yeah. And so there have been a couple of times this week where I've been outside and all of a sudden clouds have rolled in 
like thunder has started and it's just started torrentially downpouring yeah. with no warning at Unexpected. all. Unexpected. You're not in the right clothes. <laughs> Unexpected, not near like shelter. <laughs> um, and just truly sheets of rain pouring down on you and i kind of love it actually there's yeah, it's kind I of miss fun that so much i was gonna say mm-hmm. i was gonna use it to try to convince you to come back to la and then i was like actually that's cool it's <laughs> it's actually really cool i mean i'm sure i'll get uh, you know sick sick of it and used to it very quickly but the novelty of it has not worn off yet and man the east coast humidity it's it's like a whole different game it's very real yeah, yeah. anyway that's it cool I like that. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Talking um, about weather on the talking pod. Talking about weather. Hey, it's the most common subject to talk about. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, What's up with you, Emily? Um, I decided... Well, so I, I... Listeners heard... You may have heard in the last couple episodes that I got laid off due to COVID. And uh, in the past week, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to have a job in wine and I have no experience and no way to do it other than I'm like I like wine and I drink it a lot and I've been listening to podcasts <laughs> and I'm trying to expand my palate so in the interest of you know um, professional development I bought 12 bottles of wine today <laughs> oh my god for, for professional development for professional, professional development um <laughs> but I'm really I'm excited and um and I I did speak on the phone with like a winemaker guy today I'm just trying to I'm you know I'm trying to use it as an opportunity to branch out. These this moment we're in is very bizarre, and why not try to to learn a new thing? I guess. Uh, I mean, a job is also good. I would like to have a job again, but I'm also gonna, you know, try to. So, if anybody knows anything about wine, listeners, sh- tell us. Tell me about it. I want to know. Let us know. Let us know, um, Emily. I'm you have looking. to. You have to read this book. I read it a few years ago. It's called Cork Dork. Cork Dork. Cork Dork. It's all about this young woman who decides that she wants to be a sommelier. And she gets really... Is that kind of what you want to do? I mean, I'm assuming Not necessarily, because that's very crazy. It's like, it's so (laughs) competitive and like very intense. And so, no. Um, But I do... But there are there are lots of paths in the wine industry that are like that you can like work with wine wineries or distributors or you could like work with us uh there's all there's all sorts of things um honestly right now i do fucking anything because as i i just mentioned i bought 12 bottles of wine all my money is going to wine so i'd love to get a little <laughs> bit of money back from wine mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but uh yeah so i don't necessarily want to be a, a sommelier but there are many different avenues to take but but cork dork is a sommelier i think you should i think you should read it just because it will make you feel like at least some way about the wine community. I don't know whether it will be excited or I, I turned hear off. That or... Especially the world of sommeliers is like very tough. Like it's, but it's like most many things like, a you know, Friday white guys run the whole show. So it sounds, it also sounds really fun. And one thing that you will start doing after reading the book and also, you know, just generally, if you're thinking about being a sommelier is, um, Every single thing that you smell, you will try to describe in words. And so you will constantly be smelling things and using like the craziest descriptors to talk about what it smells like. And it becomes like ingrained in you. And even I was starting to do it while I was reading the book. And I, it was really fun. It was honestly really fun. Um, 
I love the idea of having a friend who works in wine so I can get some free wine in who the future. Who doesn't want a friend who works in wine? I would love to be that friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you have a friend, listeners, I would like to know that friend. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. let me be that friend for other people. <laughs> this is a friend-to-friend sort of situation I'm trying to get into. Pay it forward. Pay it forward. Pay it forward. Mm-hmm. Pay it forward. So that's what's up with me. I'm going to be drinking a lot of wine. Wow. Cool. Pretty, yep. uh, pretty eventful weeks all around, Huge. I would say. Huge. But let's let's talk about this week's movie. Let's do it. Which is A Nightmare on Elm Street. It came out in... A Nightmare on Elm Street. I don't think I've ever known that it didn't just start I with the word nightmare. I call it Nightmare on Elm Street, too. Yeah, but I think I believe it is technically uh, a, nightmare. Ni- a Nightmare a, on Elm a Street. A Nightmare on Elm a, Street. Okay. Uh, either way. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> came out in 1984, written and directed by Wes Craven, starring uh-huh. Heather Langenkamp, Johnny Depp, Robert Englund, Amanda Wiss, and Jesu Garcia. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'm sorry. Behazu? It's J-S-U. Hazu? Perhaps. Zu. I don't know. What would I? Why? Why? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> um, but here to talk about it with us are the hosts of the podcast "Movies That Made Us Gay." It is Peter Lozano and Scott Youngbauer. Hello, welcome. Good to be on the show. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Um, thank you guys for being here. It's thank been, you for having us. It's been in the works for a while. I know. It has, yes. Do you remember we were supposed to record? <laughs> the week that this bomb went off in Los yep. Angeles, yeah, it was serious. We were supposed to record on that Wednesday, and just all hell broke loose that week, so we had to cancel yep. it. Oh my gosh, yeah, yep. the Wednesday. That Wednesday was a yep. very bi- that was the day the NBA shut down. That was like the day. It was pretty much um, yeah. And we the didn't day. get to record. Yes, and we kept kind of trying to like hold out to be like, well, this will probably be over soon. You know, in the beginning when we were all like, right. yeah, it's not going to last. We should do it in person. <laughs> we'll just wait. A, we'll just wait a month. Give it a month. <laughs> Give it a month. Um, and, you know, finally we've buckled and we've said, okay, let's do it over Zoom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this seems like it's sticking around, this whole coronavirus. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, will you guys tell us a little bit about your podcast for the listeners who don't know anything about it? Yes, uh, indeed. Uh, like you said, we are Movies That Made Us Gay and we discuss the... Uh, movies that had uh, an impact on our queer adult selves. Movies that we watched a lot as kids that were not necessarily made for a queer audience, but that mm-hmm. queer and gay audiences really latched onto. So not necessarily, you know, we're not just sitting around watching like Philadelphia and, you know, like only right, just super right. gay movies like Call Me By Your Name. Uh, no, we're watching <laughs> movies like, you know, like Working Girl and and. Uh, Death Becomes Her and, you know, these movies that just garnered this queer following along the way. And uh, we try and do that in a funny way and we bring it to you every week. Yeah. And we have done a nightmare movie. We have done night a Nightmare on Elm Street two Freddy's Revenge the gay one which that's the that's the notorious <laughs> gay one we can we can talk yeah. about oh, that I can't a little... wait to hear why yeah once we get through this I would I want I want yeah. that. we'll give you a little yeah. recap <laughs> of all the sequels too we can do a quick one <laughs> sentence for each one. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, I I was a guest. I was lucky enough to be on a, a guest on your guys' podcast, and you yes, guys are mm-hmm. some of the like most knowledgeable people about film that I know. I feel like you oh, have you. kind of an encyclopedic knowledge about film, so I'm really excited to have you guys. Sorry, th- maybe that puts pressure on you. <laughs> I don't mean to. Put- <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not at all. 
Do you guys do you guys like horror movies? Gen- also, yes, definitely, very, very yeah. much so, mm-hmm. very much so. This movie in particular, oh my goodness, where do we even begin? <laughs> so good, it's so good, I love it's it. so good. But that said, it's oh. so good. But for you two, I completely understand if you don't like scary movies to sit this one out because I mean I'm a pretty tough guy when it comes to scary movies but this movie's goddamn scary yeah it's it's scary as shit y'all uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> i and it's interesting because i'm like i, I think I'm, and this is wrong i know that this is wrong from a film perspective but i think i have this assumption that oh it was made in the 80s so probably by today's standards it's not as scary i can probably handle it. even though the idea of it sounds as much as i know truly horrifying um <laughs> uh, that i, I i'm interested to hear you say that and to go get into it because i feel like normally when we have guests come on who do quote unquote older movies are like you could you would totally handle this one by now yeah um, right and thank you for admitting that that's not true because <laughs> it's usually wrong yes. the only thing that i the my point of reference for this movie like all of my understanding about culture is from the treehouse of horror episode from the simpsons where right. it's a good one <laughs> yes. And that that scared the shit out of me when I was a kid and I saw that episode and Henley, it was a I feel Simpsons like your knowledge version. of everything is through Simpsons. That's how you learned about the world. It's truly how I learned about <laughs> the world. Um thank God my parents let me watch the Simpsons when I was growing up. Otherwise I wouldn't know jack shit about how the world <laughs> you works. You wouldn't have gotten it from anywhere else. You would have just sat you would have just been sitting in your house doing yeah. nothing. <laughs> Probably collaging. I would have been collaging. Let me tell you this about that, though. That Simpsons Treehouse of Horror, where they parody a Nightmare on Elm Street, is so crazy well done for so many reasons. Yeah. Like, they get the tone, the music, like, everything absolutely right. And and it is scary. Willie's a perfect surrogate for Freddy Krueger, too. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. It it works perfect for the show. Groundskeeper Willie is always a little scary. <laughs> um, I want to watch it again. Now I'm kind of like wanting to revisit the Simpsons episode. I won't ever be brave enough to watch. What this. was the other one? It was Cape Fear, right? That there was another episode we Cape did Fear, where, yeah. yeah, they did Cape Fear, and that was they, how. Yeah, you they've knew done about so. That. They've done so many. Um, oh, yeah. but I mean, they've Cape, been on for Cape Fear twenty fifty years. <laughs> so a they thousand, have to do everything. A thousand years. I don't know. <laughs> a, th- a thousand since years. The beginning since of time. The, yeah, since um when Jesus was born mm-hmm. um sounds right this one and the cape fear definitely have stuck in my memory spooked, um, you, spooked you good spooked me big time <laughs> big big time <gasps> Ooh, so i'm excited to find out what actually happens in the real movie not just the simpsons <laughs> episode <laughs> probably slightly different than how it panned out in the simpsons no. episode i would imagine a little bit different <laughs> um this is a little bit backwards, but we kind of skipped. Did anything scary happen to you guys this week? If nothing did, that's okay. But if if you do, tell us. I mean, <laughs> I work at Trader Joe's, so I've had sort of a stressful and scary past six months at that job. Oh, <laughs> working yeah. Working as an essential worker at TJ's. But it's actually oh, it's gotten better than it was. Like, it's not yeah. completely crazy. Like, the month of March when... There was just nothing Ooh. on the shelves and you were just like, like silently crying to yourself on your breaks. So, yeah, it's better than yeah. it was. Oh, good. I have a couple of brief things that I just remembered. Um, we live uh, on the second floor of a duplex. It's a house and we're on the second floor and we have a balcony and I have a hummingbird feeder. And I was outside uh, watering my plants 
and I was very nearly murdered by a hummingbird. Uh, oh, no. They're pretty they're dangerous. When they come to the theater, they fully, they fully did like a, a flyby zoom and like buzzed me. Like those books are long. Yes, long and, fast. Yeah, they could really get you. And the railing is very low, you know, <gasps> on our on our patio. So I just had one of those like, woo! I just almost ate it. So that was scary. <laughs> oh my god! You get some good hummingbird fights too because because they don't like feeders being shared by other hummingbirds so they will wow. they will get aggressive and they will they will like chase off other hummingbirds yeah they're they're cute but they'll cut a bitch uh and then separately <laughs> uh separately from that last week we had a very scary near miss where we thought that our dvr actually didn't record the real housewives of beverly hills but oh the next God. morning oh, no. it turned Ooh, out that baby. it did and it was there oh, no. and we were able to watch it but we just had to wait all day you like like all peons, day. like peasants we had to wait you guys you, you know, guys are going to be mad to you guys are going to be mad to hear it but i've never watched any of the real housewives but i think i'm about to start i think that's a good thing for me to get into right now <laughs> this last season of beverly hills it had i had never actually watched the beverly hills season i kind of my we I just was only, got into it i was only familiar with the original oc new york and jersey and we yep, just yep, dove yep. into the new season of beverly hills and i will say it's a great season just to start it's having been, hell not yeah. really been familiar I, with I, any of them. I've seen a few episodes here and there, and I've always liked what I saw. So I feel like I won't, <laughs> yeah. I won't be let down. I, I follow it's a bananas. celebrity gossip account. And so I know that Dorinda has just been fired. So I know I know yeah, Real I Housewives. Yeah. <laughs> I know gossip about it. But I, I want to know what I, I want to know what it means. I think you're going to love it, Sammy. Yeah, exactly. And also, Sammy, if you get into it, you guys can all go to when COVID is over. You can go to Pump. And what's the other one? Yes. I've been. By like I've the Countess. There. Pump. And what's the other one with the two Toms or whatever? Oh, sure. It's, yeah. It's like Lisa Vander. The name escape. Yeah. The name escapes of the Bar. second restaurant. I can't yeah. remember, but I know that I've been there because when people come and visit me and they're like, they're, they're like, we got to go to Pump. <laughs> Same. I've been there so many times. I've been there so many times that I've never seen an episode. And it's because every time someone visits me, it's the only place they want to go in L.A. <laughs> Hello, my friends, and welcome to Cocktail Hour. You've made it. What a time to be alive. This week's drink is I'll Sleep When I'm Dead. For this drink, you're going to need one ounce of bourbon, one ounce of dark rum, half an ounce of lime juice, half an ounce of simple syrup, and two dashes of Angostura bitters. You're going to combine all ingredients and shake with ice, then strain into a chilled cocktail glass or coupe glass. Highly recommend the coupe glass if you don't have one already. Uh, A lovely piece of glassware, very fun to drink cocktails out of, and you'll feel like you're in Mad Men, but you know, only the the good stuff, the, the stuff where you feel fancy and beautiful and none of the terrible things about that world exist. Though there's a lot of terrible things in our world right now, too, so have we gotten much better? I don't know. I'm doing a Mad Men rewatch and this has already gone on far too long, so hey, make that drink and back to the dang episode. Cheers! Do we have any trivia about this movie? I feel like there's some fun stuff. There's a lot of there's a lot of there's stuff. A lot of trivia. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Is it is it Johnny Depp's first movie feature length? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I yes. remember wow. on the commentary, Wes Craven yeah. says his 13 year old daughter was visiting that day, and they were reading all of the what's his character name? Glenn. 
all the Glenn parts and the 13 year old was like that one. Well, you're going to get Johnny Depp, obviously. <laughs> and Johnny Depp is at this point in 1984. Johnny Depp was just like this very teeny wasted, like elven little, like pretty little creature. <laughs> uh-huh. And like he's uh-huh. Glenn, like, you know, Nancy's wearing his letterman jacket. And like, you know, the other main antagonistic character, like calls him like a jock and all that stuff. And you're yeah. like, but it's Johnny Depp. He looks like an aerobics instructor. So Ooh, yeah. Yeah, a piece of trivia that I wrote down is that there uh, they used over 500 gallons of fake blood in this movie. Uh, we've talked about the lot. amount of gallons of blood in other movies. It Chapter 2 is one that they used a lot. Evil Dead. Oh, yeah. Evil Dead remake. Um, I just like to know, what are the movies that use the most fake blood? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm banking this knowledge. <laughs> I mean, there's a scene in particular where it is just pouring out so that makes that makes total sense we'll get yeah we'll get to that you guys will hear where all this blood was used (laughs) oh boy yeah can't wait Uh, I like the piece of trivia from uh, the commentary last night in that uh, you know a lot of Freddy's lair is in a boiler room and they shot uh, a lot of the boiler room footage at the old Lincoln Heights jail in LA downtown LA Uh, And it was closed down as a jail and it was used for several, you know, movie shoots and movie locations. But um, the basement and the boiler room area in particular has since been shut down and declared hazardous because it is completely full of asbestos. Yeah. Oh, my God. Probably not great for the cast and crew that were that were filming there. Yeah. And also, Spending hours and hours, yeah, probably not We did not a little great. research on the jail. They also shot the Lady Gaga telephone video there. Oh, my God, with Beyonce? But that was just in the mm-hmm. the prison yard sequences. Mm. So they were not expo- I, exposed to all the asbestos. We cannot expose Beyonce to asbestos. Me. No, <laughs> no. She was nowhere near it. She's <laughs> important. She must be protected. I mean, Lady Gaga, too. Come on, who are we kidding? Yeah. Um, uh, another thing is that this is... Uh, uh, New Line Cinema film, and apparently they were like not doing well. This is their second film, I think, and they were not their first film really wasn't doing well. And they were like, "Oh boy, this mm-hmm. was a not a bad idea. We're not going to make it." And this movie saved them and made Whoa. a bunch of made a bunch of money. And so New Line Cinema for a while was nicknamed the house that Freddie built. Oh, it's that's cool. Greenlit and produced by Bob Shea, who's kind of one of the old school studio executives that he was kind of i mean he used to distribute john waters movies out of the trunk of his car <laughs> oh my god going yeah. to like midnight showings of, you know of, of polyester and like and carrying the reels around with them um i remember specifically all the way up until i would say probably the release of austin powers that anytime i popped in a movie and the new line logo came up i would just freak out a little bit you would get a little tense because to me <laughs> that signaled a nightmare movie. That signaled Freddy right. was coming up. So I was always Whoa. like, okay. <laughs> so uh, I I didn't look this up, but does New Line still exist? I know everything's like constantly they are changing. Owned by Warner Brothers, they brand everything's stuff New owned Line by movies, Warner but Brothers. for all purposes, it's a it's a Warner Brothers movie. But they use it to sort of mm. brand right. certain properties. Yeah, got it. Um, it's hard to keep track of all those ol- oligopolies. What, yeah. what do we call them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're always consolidating into one big superpower. Oh, yeah. Yep. Where does this movie fall in Wes Craven's career trajectory? Great question. 
take it away, guys. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he had been working since the 70s because he did The Hills Have Eyes, yes. uh, Last House on the Left, which were kind of, I mean, not huge hits, but they had a big following in the horror community. Yeah. Um, I can't think of what he did right before Nightmare, but I mean, this is kind of his first big studio break, kind right. of his first major movie. Right. Yeah, I feel like those 70s horror movies... Uh, especially Hills Have Eyes and uh, Last, Ho- Last House on the Left were marketed as like ultra horror and they were almost like a precursor to like what, you know, they refer to as like torture porn uh-huh. now. Yep. Like and not, they had, you know, not meant to be mainstream necessarily. Exactly. Kind of having exactly. a grindhouse following yes. with them. Yes. Right. Very, very that. And um, I feel like a Nightmare on Elm Street franchise really kind of changed a lot of things in horror. He didn't necessarily come at it with the intention of making it a six, seven movie franchise. He was good to go right. and just be like, I'm done. Let's let's do the next thing. But it was such a crazy hit that they kind of had to keep going, you know. Mm-hmm. But like you were saying, you know, early 80s horror almost nowadays have like a campy feeling and definitely the later movies in the franchise uh you know freddy became more of a like a jokester and he had quips and puns and you know there's there's mm-hmm. one movie where where they see him flying outside of their window on like a witch's broom and like a and like the pointy hat and it's a full on like wicked witch of the west <laughs> moment but it's freddy and you're like what the fuck it's just they're they're crazy and kooky but this movie is straight up this man is in your nightmares and he is going to murder yeah. you and yes. if you yeah. fall asleep you're going to die and it's scary oh i mean it is so scary to think of not being able to go to sleep sleep the most comforting thing in the world it's perfect for a horror movie because people don't understand dreams either like people still have no idea what the hell is happening when we're dreaming that's such a mystery and so it makes a lot of sense to be able to turn that into something horrific and scary yeah and these movies always have a lot of fun with dream logic too when the characters do go in dreams it's just it's kind of a really fun way as a director just to stage scenes. Yeah. Because you can just be creative. ultra creative of yeah. how you're doing these dreams. Mm-hmm. But this did also lead to the kookiness of the later movies. Right. Then you get Wicked Witch of the West yes. situation. The cartoon quality. <laughs> That's, yeah. It's a thing I love, again, as a person who never watches it. But a thing I love about the horror genre in, in general is like you have this license to do these like very supernatural things that in any other genre you can't get away with but because we're like whoa we're like messing with fear and like what you think you saw and what you did see and and what you've created in your head and what it's like it lets you make these crazy choices that are so um satisfying and and i would imagine yeah as a a creator so much fun to get to delve into because the rules are different yep i'm excited Ooh, i'm excited too okay should we watch the trailer so we can start talking about it all right let's watch the trailer. the trailer The kids of Elm Street don't know it yet, but something is coming to get them. There's something out there, isn't there? No one knows where it came from or who it will visit next. Nancy, there's something wrong with you. You're imagining things. Nightmare on Elm Street. Do you believe in the boogeyman? No. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. 
I've never hated anything more than I've hated that. (laughs) That trailer is so sick. So good. It's so good. I am. I am shocked. I told you what I just saw. It's intense. (laughs) Oh, oh my god! I can't wait to hear this. Holy shit! (laughs) No. Whoa! I I don't even know what how. Wow, that was not. I wasn't expecting all of all of those visuals, man. And also, yeah. my God, Johnny Depp is so young. Mm-hmm. His like feathery oh, hair, wearing oh. a crop top. You'd love to see it. Bring it back. <laughs> love why to are, see it. Why aren't men wearing crop tops these days? There was like a brief phase a few years ago where <laughs> crop tops came back, and I feel like they've gone away again. But maybe come it's back just quarantine. Come back. Yeah, I guess no one's like <laughs> dressing to impress. We're quarantine. not seeing outfits, you know. Yeah. Yeah, they're 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 around in like the fitness world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Like bodybuilder mm-hmm. guys wear those. I'll take it. And then, <laughs> and then, like if you're just coming home from like football practice in like high school or something, you wear right. Those. That's true, about true, it. true, true. <laughs> yeah, you keep your little crop top. Yeah. Okay. Do you guys uh, want to take it away? I'll. I'm here for you for anything that you need, but I'll let you do some storytelling and jump in whenever you need me. Okay. Sweet. All right. It's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet, so you get a box of the market's best quality wines however often you'd like for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. 
So this movie starts off in a dream. Well, actually, no, it even is before that. This movie starts off in like the scariest way possible. And it's like a small square in the middle of the screen, right? So it's not even full screen. It's like this little square. And you see these dirty old hands and it's this man and he's building the freddy claw he's building the glove so (gasps) it tells you right away that someone made this it's like an actual real world item that somebody made with their hands in like a garage or something no it's crazy (laughs) no one should be allowed to have garages yeah stuff like this happens in them all the time yeah nothing good's happening in a garage (laughs) Yeah, it's so awesome. So then, like, it's the first time, like, the hand is, like, he puts his hand in the glove, and it does, like, this flash, and then, like, the the cool title, the big scary words come up on the screen, and then we're now, we're in a dream, and it's all in that boiler room, you know, that I was talking about, and it's just a girl in a, a a blonde girl with, like, a little bob haircut in a, in a, she's so cute in a nightgown. Yeah, she's she's super cute. She was in um, Better Off Dead with John Cusack, which I love. Mm. And um, yeah, and it's just her in a nightgown, and it's just like there's water dripping everywhere, and it's these long dark halls, and just like pipes and steam, and just randomly like a like a goat, a little sheep, a little sheep runs by, just Ooh, runs by. Mar- <laughs> mark your bingos. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> little white lamb and um you know she encounters freddy and wakes up from this dream and the best i think one of the best parts about this movie is the representation of the parents because they're there but they all look really like trashy yeah like all the parents (laughs) look like they all look like drunk or like like the mom comes in the room and she's like what's going on and like it's it's the middle of the night so like her makeup's all jacked up and her hair's all crazy she's like what's going on (laughs) and and tina's just like oh i had a dream and then this like gross man walks in and like i don't think it's supposed to be tina's dad because he just like looks at her and he's like come back to bed (laughs) and so the mom is just like all right like you need to chill out like stop like stop like having these crazy nightmares and she looks down and the front of her nightgown is like shredded shredded (gasps) so this kind of right off the bat tells us that stuff that happens in the dream can like be brought out you know Mm -hmm. into the real world Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. super scary Mm -hmm. and then it cuts to you know our, our heroes walking to school the next day Outside of John Burroughs High School in, in Los Feliz, or if John, you've ever been there. Or John Marshall High John Marshall, excuse me. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, yeah, this is actually a lovely old uh, high school that was in a ton of movies. Pretty much America's High School. Yes, yes. Yeah. You've you seen it. See it. They You'll did, recognize they did it. They Grease there. Um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer yep. shot there. Yep. Cool. Girls just want to have fun. Girls just want to have fun. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, you know, <laughs> Tina's kind of like freaking out to Nancy about this. Nancy, her best friend, who is our actual main character, uh, our final girl. And, mm-hmm. you know, she's kind of freaking out about this dream that she had. And and uh, Nancy and Glenn, who are uh, Heather Langenkamp and Johnny Depp, are her best mm-hmm. friends. And they're just like, you know what? Glenn's just like, it happens. Like, you know, we all have crazy dreams. And something right. about what. Tina says triggers something in Nancy that she remembers like wait a minute like something about nails or like long knives and you kind of get this idea that Nancy knows what she's talking Nancy about. Nancy recognizes 
this like creepy Uh-oh. man from the dream. Uh oh. Yeah. So Tina's parents go out of town for the night. So she invites over Nancy to kind of sleep over because she's freaked out. She's been having this, what we find out is a recurring nightmare. Tina's boyfriend is kind of a creep. Uh, what is this character's name? Rod. Uh, but he's Rod. Yeah. Rod <laughs> is kind of a creepy yeah, guy. Creepy name. He, creepy name. he wears creepy a leather name. Sorry jacket. To any Rod's he definitely yeah. has some some toxic masculine energy about him. Absolutely. Too. Mm-hmm. He's a little rapey. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, so Heather Langenkamp and Johnny Depp go to the house to spend the night with Tina to make her feel better. And they immediately like hear some rustling outside. And they're freaking out. Lo and behold, it's just Rod. He was trying to scare them. But he has this like garden tool and he was making these like screechy noises. That is a thing about I know that Rod is like a douchebag, but my God, in these (laughs) movies where there's always a friend who like someone tells you they're having a very real fear and they go like, "Ooh, I'm going to I'm going to prank you with this thing you're really scared of. Like, no, that is not a thing that people do. Fuck off. It's bad. It's bad and mean and not okay. But there's also crazy dialogue in there that kind of indicates that Rod knew to do that because he was having the dreams too. Right. We're getting yeah. a little bit of impression that they all are kind of like yeah. giving each other looks like, well, wait, wait a second. Like, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Because at first you thought maybe it was just Tina and Nancy, but then Rod knows what's up. And Glenn is just very much like, shut up. You guys are dumb. But I think he eventually comes around. Classic boyfriend response. Yeah. So there's an amazing cutaway to, you know, Nancy asleep in Tina's room on the bed, Glenn on the couch, and you hear coming from upstairs from Tina's bedroom, the most insane sex moans Yeah, <laughs> these two teenagers. 17-year-olds have quite the sex life. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Glenn can't sleep. He's just like, oh, these motherfuckers up there. And I have to sleep on the couch with my girlfriend, you know, in her room. And this is where we get the really cool shot of Nancy asleep in Tina's bed. And from the wall above her, like Freddie's face is like coming through the wall, push his way out of the wall. It's such a cool effect. And it's pretty cool because it's a practical effect. They they sort of built the set like the room is slanted like it's sort of uh It's like the roof of the house. It's like the roof of the house, but it was cool because they sort of built in this prop that, and they put on like a piece of spandex on it. And they Mm -hmm. put the prop, uh, kind of their Freddy stand in, and he kind of goes through the wall. And it's all done practical. Right. Yeah. It looks really cool. And but she wakes up and it and it. Well, hold on, hold on. I gotta pause here for just one second. <laughs> yes. Which is that I want to say already that there this is clearly a movie that has an example of something 2D going into 3D, which I have lobbied to have on our bingo cards because I think this is something that happens she has, in horror movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It and does. I just want to say in our next iteration okay, okay. of bingo cards, we need okay. to have a 2D into 3D. And leave major square. point. It'll be in the next round. I just printed a, our, our second edition. <laughs> our third edition will have your precious 2D to 3D. <laughs> Thank you. Bingo I like, it. Bingo I like square. it. It fits. Great. From 2D yeah. to 3D. Okay. <laughs> um, it's important. Um, it is. But yeah, we, so we see that when she she wakes up, it goes away. So. Yeah, it goes back to like flat wall. Mm -hmm. Tina is awakened 
by like what she thinks are like pebbles being thrown at the window. She hears a sound. She hears a sound. And when she goes, something hits the window and it cracks and it's a tooth. It's a little tooth. That <gasps> I didn't out. even notice that. Oh my god! Yeah. It's I don't like a tooth. tooth. Yeah. Not Which a is such tooth. a creepy image. Yeah. And I guess that teeth are a big common thread with people's dreams. Oh, like yeah. teeth yes. falling out. We talked that about it last sense. week. Yeah. Sammy's dreams, particularly. So it sort of checks out that he put it in. Yeah. So you know. She does what she's totally not supposed to do. She goes outside to investigate. She doesn't even put on pants. No, she puts on... She just on... goes out there in a shirt and panties. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, no shoes. She's just, like, running through this alleyway barefoot in the middle of the night. Um, but something that Wes Craven said in the commentary, too, was that, you know, you you really have to reel in the audience early on. And scare the hell out of Especially them. Especially for a movie like this. You yeah. know, so that they know what mm-hmm. they're in store for. Yeah, so that they can, like, never feel safe for the remainder yeah. of the movie. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. And this scene happens within the first 15 minutes, and it is out of control. <laughs> What's the first big reveal of Freddy? Uh, there, she's in the alley, and he kind of comes out from around... I think you see his shadow Oof. and then he comes out and then that's where his arms like reach out and his arms stretch out and like all this. Cra- he comes out from behind a tree. It's this crazy practical effect that they gave Robert England, who plays Freddy, these big like cartoony arms like he's a mm. he should be outside of like a car dealership. Right. Car dealership. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> so there's a long protracted chase between Tina How and he Freddy. starts running at Tina, I think is so goddamn scary. Because he's like running at her and he's like flailing, he's flailing his arms. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's In this creepy. dark alley. So this alley, I have been to this location. It is off of Abbott Kinney in Venice. And this alley looks exactly the same now. You can just yeah. walk up Ooh, right from Abikini, and it looks exactly the same. Fun. So, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the, like I said, there's a long protracted chase between Tina and Freddy. He does like creepy shit where he like, you know, like slices his fingers off and like all this green goo comes out. Yeah. And, you know, when she's wrestling with him, she like reaches up towards his face and like rips the skin off of his face, and, like all this craziness. Oh, Jesus. And... This is not even the worst part because what ultimately happens is she kind of wakes up. She's fighting with him in the alley, but then all of a sudden, like a blanket covers her, like from the bed, and it cuts back to the bedroom. Uh, and she's flailing she's all over flailing the bed about and she's like fighting nobody. Style. And Rod <gasps> is just like, Tina, wake up, Tina, wake up. And that's when she starts getting dragged all across the walls and the ceiling. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, and she is just no. like, and bleeding, by bleeding. Ah, yes. I hate you it. You see the yeah, like finger it. slices go down <gasps> her chest. Oh my gosh! It's violent. It's crazy. I like that Rod is in his whitey tighties because, of course, mm-hmm. I would. <laughs> yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he's just sitting there, kind of helpless. Like, what the hell's going on? And ultimately, when it ends, Tina's body falls from the ceiling onto the bed. Blood flies everywhere. You know, Nancy and Glenn are trying to break into the room. And when they finally break in, they see that Rod has fled. That shot of (gasps) Tina falling from the ceiling and hitting the bed. Yeah. I think is one of the most unsettling shots of the entire movie. (laughs) And I guess that when you listen to the commentary, that's the scene that the MPAA was just like, oh, hell no. 
like you are going right. to have to cut down that scene. And I guess that right. he trimmed like frames of her hitting the bed with blood sort of splattering up off of the yeah. off of the mattress wow. that they had to trim that just a few frames. Seconds, yeah. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. God, but you I'm so I'm so curious now though. This always happens where I'm like equally scared, but now I'm equally curious and I just want to watch like that even scene. Even just how they shot it, it's it. a practical set that they built on a sound stage that the room turned to. Mm. So that she could like slide up the wall and end up on the ceiling. And it was almost, I mean, that's like almost some like Fred Astaire shit right there. Yeah, exactly. It's it's some old movie making like tricks. It it looks great. Yo, it does. It looks, it looks amazing. And what we, what we see about Freddy, if you're not familiar with the character or like the mythology of Freddy Krueger and who he is, is that, his body is completely covered in burns. He was like covered in burn scars. Right. Cut to the next day. Nancy finds out that her best friend was killed. She's at the police station. Her father is, is a cop. Played by John Saxon. John Saxon. Just died. Uh, John Saxon oh, no. was a big actor in the 70s. He did a lot of like kind of grindhouse movies. He was in um, Black Christmas. He was in Black Christmas. If you've Christmas. never seen Black Christmas, okay, okay. Good you need to do it on the show. We do need to do it. That'll be our Christmas movie this year. Yeah. Yeah. But they bring in Nancy to the police station because the number one suspect is Rod. They think Rod just killed her and ran, you know, which is like makes perfect sense. Yeah. Totally tracks, you know. Right. Mm -hmm. So Nancy's just like, you know what? I'm just going to go to school because, like, I don't know. I can't just I can't just sit at home and process this by myself. So she goes to school in this awesome pink cable knit V-neck sweater vest. Mm-hmm. Over, over like a white Oxford shirt mm-hmm. and pleated khakis. This is if oh, you're going to cosplay Nancy. This is this is the look to this is the look to recreate. If you're going <laughs> to go to a horror convention dressed as Nancy, I mean, where do you find a cable a pink cable knit V neck? I'm going to Google search it right now. You got to knit it. <laughs> I'm buying it, it right now. You have to knit it. Yeah, it's very it's very normcore. I love it. Um, so she goes to school, you know, the next day after her, you know, her best friend was brutally murdered. Um, but what she doesn't realize is that her father, the cop, is having her tailed by other cops, which I mean, I guess. That tracks too. You know, her her friend was murdered. You never know. She was in the house and the guy who they think did it yeah. is missing. Yes. So, yeah, okay. But they actually used Nancy to trap Rod because they knew that he would reach out to her, which he did, and they catch him and put him in jail. But he's just like, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. So uh, cut to cut to class. Uh, we get a classic, very like Halloween style scene where they're sitting in class and the, you know, it's like a... English literature or something and the teachers talking to them about and we should and you guys have and you guys have done Insidious right Lin Shay baby so the teacher is played by yeah. Lin Shay from Insidious yes um, and she's she's so good she's an icon her brother Bob Shay is the producer at New Line too yes indeed mm, ah. nepotism yes indeed nepotism <laughs> <laughs> So we get this really cool scene where Nancy's in class and she's kind of not really paying attention. And one of the students who is this like awesome, like surfer looking guy with like crazy blown out hair. It's Daryl Hannah's brother. It's Daryl Hannah's brother, the actor. And he's wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Nepotism. Again. And um, he's he's reading something. I think it's like Shakespeare or something. I think they're doing Hamlet. Yeah. Because I think that they're talking about Hamlet's father's ghost. Yes. And she sees in the hallway of the classroom fully just t 
Tina in a body bag standing there calling out to her. <gasps> yep. She's like, Nancy. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and then the body bag is like now it cuts back to, to Nancy. Then it cuts back to Tina, the body bag. But now the body bag is lying flat on her back. The legs lift up with nobody <gasps> lifting them up and begins to get drug away down the hall. Trail of blood behind it. It's a creepy image. Super it's creepy. very scary. Oh. So Nancy like runs after her, chasing her down the hall. Now she ends up, and this is just a random high school in what is to, in the future we find out is Springwood, Ohio, not a real town. Um, but in this high school, in the basement, is this labyrinthine boiler room. Wait a minute. Like- <laughs> doesn't, she, doesn't she run into the... Where's your pass, girl? Yeah, she runs into a girl that's like, you need a hall pass. And the girl's like, screw your hall pass. Where's your pass? Yeah, but the thing is... The Where's gr- your pass? But the thing is, the girl is wearing pretty much Freddie's sweater. And when Nancy kind of bumps into her and kind of turns around and looks back, she's got like the Freddie claw and she's just like, she says something creepy. And you know, it's kind of interesting. No running in the halls, Nancy. No running in the halls, Nancy. And you know what's kind of interesting about just the horror community? This extra has fully just now made the rounds that she'll make appearances at horror conventions. She's doing the con circuit. Yeah. She does the con circuit <laughs> just because she's in this iconic scene. And she can make a pretty Fuck penny yeah. signing eight by tens, no running in the halls, bitch, you know? <laughs> yeah, dude. Make that money. Good for her. Yeah. Good for her. <laughs> Love it. So so now Nancy has her first run in with Freddie in this crazy dream logic boiler room that's under the that's under the high school. You know, it's like she'll run down a hall and then she'll stop and turn around and there'll be a wall immediately behind her, you know, stuff like that. And she sees Freddie and he's very, Freddie's very like, he taunts you, you know, he like calls you out. Like he, he knows you're to, scared. He likes to play with you. He plays around with everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And Nancy is just like, this isn't real. This isn't real. It's just a dream. And he's, says something crazy and scary and what she does to wake herself up she's in a boiler room so she slams her arm against <gasps> one of the pipes and it wakes her up and brings her out of the dream right burns her mm-hmm. and but she's like freaking out in the classroom and she's screaming and Lynn Shay is like shaking her and Lynn Shay's like Nancy Nancy she's screaming and her hair is flying everywhere and she sends her out and she leaves school and when she walks outside she looks down and her arm has this There's like a giant burn boil on it yeah <gasps> oh From no oh I don't like that one bit I don't like that one bit yes. so now this is fully confirming that shit in the dream is like real deal happening right? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so also that was such a smart move to get out of the dream but now it's like how far can you go because you'll actually fucking yeah. hurt yeah. yourself yes exactly because nancy is the first one that realizes when she's in a dream that wait a minute this is only a dream and i can kind of control it to an extent you know and she uses that throughout you know throughout the course of the movie uh. At this point on, I'm going to get a little less like beat for beat because you really just have to set up this stuff with Nancy and Tina at the beginning. Yeah, Um, yeah. And we didn't really talk about it before, but it's kind of cool of what they do with Tina's character because it's very Alfred Hitchcock and Psycho. Because when you first watch the movie, you just assume, oh, Amanda Weiss is going to be the main character of this movie. And then they kill her Mm. off, Drew Barrymore style, and kind of Mm. what like Mm -hmm. the first 15 minutes of the movie. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And now it's sort of Nancy's narrative. Yeah. So we kind of get some 
clue. Well, they're not clues. It's like straight up blatant in our face that Nancy's mom is is an alcoholic, like Nancy's, a raging alcoholic. Nancy's mother, who is, I texted you this last night, Sammy. Nancy's mother, played by Ronnie Blakely, is one of Amazing. my favorite characters in Amazing. movie history. I'm not even joking. She's so crazy. She's so good in this movie. And she's being very melodramatic and she's just acting. She's perfect. I love to see acting with a capital A. So Nancy's mother in this movie, full on, like the day that Nancy says she's going to go to school, it's the morning, Nancy's getting ready to go. And she says hi to her mother, who is just drinking vodka in a coffee mug. Like, oh, yeah. Jesus. Pouring vodka in the mug. And, th- you know, when they don't it's try the to- morning, it has to be in a mug. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how you know it's the morning. So Nancy decides to take a soothing bath. As you do. As you do. <laughs> oh. All this stuff is going on. Your friends are getting murdered in their sleep. You know, your other friend is in jail. Nobody believes With you. With their giant bath pillow. It's like a blow up. It looks bath comfy. Pillow. Yeah, and it's yeah, kind I bet of... it is. I had one of those growing up. Oh, see, there you, you blow go. Blow it up, and it has uh, those little like suctions on yeah, the back. Yeah, so yeah. when it gets wet, you stick it to the back <laughs> of your tub, and then you lean against it. Looks it. way too comfy for someone who's trying to not fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, and and mom is like Nancy, like don't fall asleep in there. Like people die in the bathtub, and she's like, whatever, mom, shut up, and. <laughs> so Nancy's just laying in the bathtub and there's a crazy shot and I think you get it in the in the trailer from the foot of the bathtub looking up at Nancy and from between her legs from between her knees out of the bathtub is comes the claw Freddy's crazy claw Freddy's hand. claw Ew. and it's gross and scary and it's interesting of how they would have done it because it's like a two story set they have a guy beneath her that's like right below the bathtub set sort of with like this little hole and he just sort of and she said she was pretty much like propping herself up with like her legs like yeah on the sides of the tub (laughs) so she would stay in place damn getting a workout yeah (laughs) major core workout so you know the mom knocks on the door right as freddie's hand is right about to strike and it goes down back into the water and the mom when the mom goes away then he fully brings her down and now we cut to like under the water and it's just Black. She looks like she's in like deep water. Yeah. Yeah. Like deep in like a lake or something. Almost like a frozen lake. Yeah. And she's struggling, struggling, struggling. And she's screaming. And the mom is trying to, you know, open up the locked bathroom door. And Nancy just kind of gets away. They don't really explain how, but she just kind of somehow breaks free. Yeah. She struggles her way mm-hmm. out of it. Ultimately, when Nancy kind of figures this whole dream situation out, she goes to Glenn. She's like putting the clues together. Yeah. And she's like, Glenn, we got to We got to We got to get this guy. Exactly. And so this is when after the bathtub, she gets Glenn, they go to the jail and they're like, hey, we've got to see our friends. Let us in. And, you know, all the cops are just like, you know, calm down, teenagers. Like, no, you can't go in to see him or whatever. And Nancy has a lot of like scenes where she screams at authority figures. And it's kind of great. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but you know she's a daughter of like a cop i think he's like a captain or something and and she knows mm-hmm. a lot of the cops and I, yeah. it's kind of implied that she knows them because she's grew up around them or whatever so she's just like all right idiots and call them assholes and stuff which i love right right <laughs> great but Perfect. you know with with rod freddie doesn't use the old finger knives he wraps up bed sheets bed sheets and hangs him from the cell oh, no. bars. Ah! But my thing is, why is Freddie like covering his tracks at this point? 
I mean, yeah, who cares? <laughs> well, I guess he doesn't want to be too obvious. <laughs> He's trying to challenge himself, probably. There you, you know? go. How, how can I be creative here? What else can I do? Yeah. Um, slicing with your four knife hand probably gets old after a little while. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, we cut to uh, Rod's funeral now. Now we're at Rod's funeral and, you know, they're all there. And we find out that Nancy's parents are not exactly... They know a lot more than they're leading on. Well, not only Ooh, that, yes. but they're not only do they know more than what they're telling her, but they're not exactly uh, on the best marital terms. No, I don't. Yeah, even they're separate. Separated, separated, right? Yeah, and so he, you know, the dad's just like, we, you know, we just have to like lay down the law with Nancy. You know, get it through her head that you know whatever. Like she needs to just like go to bed, go to sleep, and like calm down and move forward whatever and the mom this is when the mom has the best line in the entire movie you know she puts nancy in the car and shuts the car door and she looks at him and she says i've got I something a, i better. got something better <laughs> she takes uh she takes nancy to uh see a sleep specialist which is probably a good call okay played by charles yeah, yeah. flesher played by charles flesher charles flesher who is the voice of roger rabbit yes indeed. too oh yes oh. Yes, that early- movie scared me as a kid. <laughs> Judge Doom <laughs> is a scary villain. Yes, thank you. Yes, so Charles Fleischer is uh, the dream specialist, and again, you know, we like you mentioned earlier. Uh, there's kind of a scene where she's the mom is talking to him, and she's just like, so "What's happening? Like, what is going on with my daughter? Why is she so afraid to dream? And what is happening to her in these dreams that's freaking her out so much?" And she more just asks, "What?" are up with dreams in general too. Yeah. Like what right. are they? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> like there's no, and I think to this day, there's no right. like solid one answer. Cause right? they can see like what your brain activity is doing, but they don't know like what that means or what you're seeing or what I'm getting scared. Yeah. So <laughs> you know what I read in an article recently? Cause these past few months have been crazy and a lot of us have been having crazy dreams. And I read that yeah. there's an explanation for that because we're just sort of sticking to a routine and we're not going out and doing stuff, making memories. Your mind, I guess, recycles old experiences, old acquaintances, and it like sort of your brain likes to have new stuff to work with for dreams. And that's why you might dream of someone who you haven't thought of in years or an oh, old memory. It's just sort of your mind going back through yeah. all of your old that's memories. Really cool. what, what do I have back here? Yeah. You're not yeah. Give me anything else. <laughs> just because Fine. you haven't had any new experiences to make you dream. Yeah. Whoa. I thought that was Whoa, kind of interesting. That's wild. Yeah. So, you know, so Nancy finally agrees to go under for this, you know, sleep. Ex, you know experiment or whatever and they're they're monitoring her all this stuff they're having this conversation and then her charts just start going kind of crazy like what's happening what's happening to her and then she starts fully having like a exorcist moment like flying all over the bed and flailing, flailing everywhere mm-hmm. and the mom's like you know go in there help her you know whatever bring her out they wake her up a her arm slashed in like yeah. three spot so it's like freddie got her right and then separately besides that after that happens they're like okay she's they're like help her she's bleeding they go off to go get like you know band-aids or whatever and like nancy fully reaches down in the bed and pulls out freddie's hat 
Yes. From under oh, her so it sets up that she can sort of <laughs> grab things from the dream and, and pull them back and bring them out. Reality. Okay. So later on, the parents and the dad especially is just like, I don't know where you got that. You're just, they just think she's making it up. Like she planted the hat. She took it in there with her to try and fake them out, whatever. The mom is just like, you know, forget it. Don't worry about it, whatever. And Nancy's just like, you need to tell us, tell me what's going on because whoever this man is, He's after us. He's after me. He already killed my friend. And she's like, look at the hat. And she grabs the hat. And she's like, it says his name. It's stitched inside the hat. It says Fred Krueger. Who is he? (laughs) And the mom's like, all right. You wanted to know? And she looks at her like, (laughs) oh, this bitch knows something. Yeah. So mom takes Nancy downstairs into the basement. And there is never a good sign. Yes. And there's full on like a home alone style like furnace. Furnace. <laughs> oh <laughs> like, no. Like the face on it that's like Kevin. Um yeah. and she goes into the <laughs> furnace and opens it up and she pulls out wrapped up in like tattered rags. It's Freddie's glove. She pulls what it out. What the fuck? Yeah. And she's like, wait, has he only been wearing one this whole time? Yeah, she, yes, he's only been wearing one, but he only canonically only has one. So this is like, it's the glove, but it's the one he's wearing in the dream, whatever. But the idea is, and she starts telling the story and the story is that uh, Freddy Krueger, Fred Krueger, he was a child killer. That's what she says is child. She says child killer. They don't go into like molester territory in this but movie. But it sort of hints yeah. that. I mean, him like coming when she's, I mean, I know she fell asleep, but like in the bath and his hand coming up from between her yeah. legs. It definitely like doesn't feel good in yes. that realm. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the mom's story is he was a child killer. He got off in a technicality. The, the parents of Springwood all got together, rounded him up and lynched him assa- like, essentially. Simpsons like, mob style yeah. with like pitchforks. And like, just like burnt him alive in his in his lair, which was like a boiler room in a. I think he worked at the school, and she's and so the mom is like, he's dead. Like wherever you figured out who he was, however you know who he is, he's dead now, and we killed him, so you're safe. Mm-hmm. And Nancy's oh, like, oh no. fuck no, That's, I beg to differ. Yeah, <laughs> she's That's not like, the case. Yeah, okay. Well, he's after us now because you killed him. This is his revenge, and now he's going to kill us all. So right. we got to figure uh-huh. it out. So this is when Nancy decides to go full on like militia. <laughs> Great like, survivalist. She That's gets like a, right? she yeah. gets a a book how to do booby traps in a survivalist book. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. So I guess her end game, her final plan is like, I'm gonna go to sleep, I'm gonna dream, and I'm gonna bring him out. You're gonna <gasps> you're gonna wake me up and I'm gonna bring him out and then we're gonna kill him. Oh, oh hell yeah. Hell <laughs> yes, Nancy. Let's Holy do it. shit. Yeah, Let's she just it. fully Is Glenn having these dreams too? He is, right? You don't ever see you don't ever see Glenn's individual dreams. Yeah. I don't think it was in the okay. budget. I think he mm, is, sure. though. I feel like yeah. he has. A, he, he gives yeah. a few looks where he kind of recognizes what they're talking about, but doesn't want to yeah. like say. I yeah, I think okay. he's just reluctant to kind of say yes. This is what's happening. I think he's the most like this can't that can't be it. Like they're just dreams, you know. Right, right. Um, but that's just kind of all subtext. Nancy's mom like 
uh, puts her to bed. My just my favorite thing is just <laughs> that she pulls a fucking pot of coffee from underneath, like a coffee pot from yeah, underneath her bed. Like a full Mister Coffee coffee pot <laughs> out from under her bed. Because they want her to sleep and she's desperately like not falling. Yeah. Like she's been taking caffeine pills and shit. Yes. And so her mom's like, no more coffee for you. And so her mom likes puts her to bed and she just like from underneath her bed pulls out a full coffee pot. And it's just a really full on Mr. Coffee full. Yeah. <laughs> and it's 1984. So she fully has over the counter trucker strength, like Jesse Spano style <laughs> yeah. caffeine pills. Yeah. Yeah. Stay awake. Yeah. So she finally has Glenn come over and and Glenn actually lives literally across the street. Their windows mm-hmm. face each other from across the street. These houses Ooh. are in uh, West Hollywood. You can go see them. Yes. They're Ooh. very big movie location yeah. houses in Los Angeles. Um, and she, you know, she has Glenn. He climbs up the rose trellis in the front of the house and into her window. And she's and she kind of tells him her plan and she has a little digital watch and she's like, wake me up. Don't fall asleep, you know. But it kind of backfires because Glenn falls asleep. (laughs) And I like that. I mean, even when she goes into the dream, you see Glenn in the dream and you immediately just think, oh, no, that can't be a very good sign. Yeah. Just like Glenn in the dream, just yeah. talk to her from behind a tree. She, yeah, she's wandering the streets, like <laughs> looking for Freddie, and she's like, "Are you still there?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm right here." And you're like, "But if he, but if they, wait a minute, it's paid back later." Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so she has a, you know, she has a fight with Freddie. He like cuts the pillows and feathers fly everywhere. But she, you know, her alarm wakes her up, and she isn't able to bring Freddie out. And Glenn's just like, oh, sorry, didn't work. I'm, I gotta go home anyway. And so Glenn leaves, and as he leaves out the window... Your big plan to murder this guy who yeah. murdered our friends. Oh, God, I gotta bail. I'm I gotta so go. sorry. I think her dad gets home, or, like, shows up or something. But, like, as Glenn leaves out the window, cuts back to Nancy, then it cuts to the open window, and, like, feathers are just, like, flying, like, settling. Mm-hmm. But those were from the dream, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love Glenn's parents. Glenn's parents who look like his grandparents. Yes, Glenn was a <laughs> late in life child. Yeah, they're they, older parents. Okay. Yeah, they're a little late in life baby because they they look old. And I love that when Nancy calls over, they're just like, "Oh, this one." Yeah, they're just like, "No, he's sleeping. <laughs> he's sleeping. Leave him alone." <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they don't they don't like Nancy because. No. She's embroil- embroiled in a murder mystery. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's bringing a lot of drama. And they were later in life. You know, they're trying to have things yes. be calm. Exactly. He, his heart can't take it. And the, I love when the mom goes to check in with Glenn and she's like, it's late. You got to go to sleep. Oh, my God. And, yeah. And he says, he says, no, I can't go to sleep. Uh, I'm watching Miss Nude America. Nude America? <laughs> sure. Miss Nude mom. America. leave mom i'm watching miss nude america i can't go to sleep mom i'm too horny (laughs) and this is when glenn's in his iconic uh crop top too this is yeah this is the crop top and and gray gray sweatpants (laughs) and uh you know so glenn is watching miss nude america he's listening he's got his headphones on that are plugged into the console stereo because again it's 1984 to his turntable yeah um And this is when he's lying in bed and this is when Freddie's arms come out of the bed around him, grab him and pull him into the bed. And yeah. And it's crazy because he's got his headphones on. So that like pulls in the stereo and the TV. 
everything goes in. <gasps> yeah. And it's it's a practical shot. So they got it all in one take yeah, of everything crazy. going Holy in this bed. Shit. And they later reused the set that was Tina's bedroom, which was the rotating set. So you can probably guess what they do. So here. yeah, so the he goes in, you know, he's freaking out, he's he's screaming, whatever, and then it cuts to like a wide shot and just a geyser of blood. Blood is coming just out of the bed. Comes out of the bed. This is those 500 gallons. And yeah. it's kind of cool because of what, how they would have had to film this shot. All of the stuff is probably just glued to the floor. Bolted to the and walls. it's bolted because mm. the set, it's upside down. Right. Because of the rules of gravity yeah. of how and you would have to do that. And they're just pouring it out. Yeah, exactly. It's that set of it's the so room cool. with Tina that they were turning and they later reused it. So... Glenn's Holy mother. Shit. So Glenn's mother walks in on this, and just like, like if you thought that Casey Becker's shit. mom seeing her like hung from the tree was bad, like there's no going back from this. <laughs> like no, like hours of therapy <laughs> no. is going to help this woman. Like her life is no. ruined in that very moment. She's oh, like no. she's like catatonic in like a in like a home. Oh, is there no. is there a body or just so much? Well, blood? the cops arrive, or the like, e- cops and EMTs arrive, and the EMTs like run in with a stretcher, and one of the cops is like, "You don't need a stretcher, you need a mop." <laughs> yeah. What a rude thing to say in this situation. That yeah. is very insensitive. Horrible. Yes. Uh, fun oh. fact: there is a deleted scene of Glenn's body coming up out of the <gasps> hole and flopping onto the bed. Ew. And they that was probably too much they and had they to cut, cut it. that, yeah. Yeah, nasty. It probably just looked too weird too. So, but yeah, they do they and then, you know, there are scenes like in the living room and like you see the blood like seeping through the ceiling cuz it's like saturating yeah, yeah, yeah. like everything. There's like oh. buckets everywhere. Um, and, we skipped um, one thing that I just want to say is right before he dies, Nancy gets a phone call and it's like a, the oh, screeching yeah. noise and she, it's like his Freddie's nails dragging and she's freaked out and she unplugs her phone and then it rings again while it's <gasps> unplugged and yep. she answers it. And in Freddie's voice, he says, I'm your boyfriend I'm now. I'm your boyfriend, Nancy. Nancy. And his tongue comes out and wiggles. Oh, yeah. So this guy molested children. Yeah. For That's sure. Stuff. But the That's noise like. the noise of him licking her is <laughs> like a kissing noise. <laughs> like the the yep. action and the sound effect don't line up and it really makes me laugh. Yes, indeed. Oh, and we also f- missed, I mean, I guess there must there must have been a day in between because what we didn't talk about was the dad put bars on all the windows um, oh, yes. in the house. So we can't he can't climb in through the windows. Because they kind of think that and they kind of think that Nancy is just losing it, right? Yes. So they're kind of because, like Yeah, because they also did the did a thing where they could lock the front door from the inside. Mm-hmm, so Nancy's without important. a key, Nancy can't get out. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> and it's now it's the, the end game of the movie because Nancy goes to oh. mother and she's just like mother like what is going on like with the the bars and why can't I, why can't I get out the door and mom who's fully blasted at this point is laying on the couch <laughs> and she just goes locked locked they're all locked <laughs> and Nancy's just like ah and just like screams and like runs up to her room just like fuck <laughs> 
<laughs> what a fun role to play. Yeah. That mom. Yeah. No, it's, she's so good. But Nancy's yes. like screaming out through the bars at her, of her windows at her dad, who is now at, at uh, Glenn's house across the street at that crime scene. And she's like, I like know what's happening and I'm yep. like, pay attention to me. And all of the cops are just like, okay. I feel like Nancy tells the dad too something about like, come back in 20 minutes or something. Yeah. She's like, give me 20 this minutes. this is when she's just like, yeah, she's just like, fuck this. I'm Put going that in. that booby trap I'm, book to yes, you. Yes. She got the booby trap book ready. There's like a montage scene of her like fully, you know, Sarah Connor just like, Putting all this shit Setting together. Connor meets kind of McAllister style. Yeah. That she's going to get free. Yes. She's laying out all her micro machines everywhere. And, you know, this is where I start to have questions because, you know, she goes, she, she goes to sleep. She finds Freddie. She wakes up. She brings him out, has this like crazy fight with him, but she kind of gets the better of him for a moment and is able to lock him in her bedroom. So he's locked in her bedroom. He's in the real world now. Yes. He's fully in the real world. Oh, you know how she gets the better of him is that she breaks the coffee pot over his head. Hell yeah. Yeah. Right? Check off the coffee pot. Because he's not quite as strong once he makes it into the real world. Well, because this was going to be my question. You know, she breaks the coffee pot over his head. He's like, ah, falls down, locks him in the room, sets up this giant like mallet hammer thing. It's like a sledgehammer. Like a sledgehammer. Looney Looney Tunes style. To fall when he opens the door from the inside, right? So this gives her time to get downstairs. So my question is, Freddy, who was burned alive, exists only in our dreams has been brought out of the dreams. Now he's like alive again, susceptible to yeah, like right. sledgehammer his physical form. Yeah. Yes. So I mean, we ultimately find that out because when the sledgehammer hits him, he goes down. You know, he's just like, "Ooh, that smarts." You know, um, and <laughs> this is when like all the you know Nancy's kind of taunting him throughout the house. She tries to get him. Ultimately, she tries to get him down to the basement because that's where she's gonna fuck. It fuck him up and sets his ass on fire again. Uh, Not again. They got and the stunt guy that they lit on fire. It's just like there's nothing more jaw dropping than seeing a professional stunt man on fire. Like it's so impressive. Mm. And he's running up the stairs and there's a point that he just falls down the stairs. So this stunt man not only had to be lit on fire, he has to fall downstairs all on fire. Yeah. And at this point, she's like screaming at the cops, like, come to the house. He's here. He's she can't here. get out. Yeah, she but can't get out of the house. So she's, uh, it's locked. Where is her mom? Asleep well, on the couch? The mom is too drunk. Yeah, she's asleep. Yeah, oh. she's passed out. And there's like one cop that the dad has designated to watch her house where he's like, if anything, if anything weird is happening, like call me back out. And so she's like signaling this designated cop. She's like, come over here. Come over here. Like he's here. He's here now. And the guy's like, it's okay. Like go to bed. (laughs) So So this is a movie about how cops should not be our soul yes. yeah, cops exactly. aren't helpful. emergency responders no 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 yes, yes. indeed <laughs> yep. yep it's a big takeaway yeah so they break down the door and you know at this point there's like smoke coming from the house because she yeah. did light this fire you know so regardless of like if freddie's in the real world or not the house is on fire you know <laughs> so the cops go down to the basement to go see what's going on 
And now it does this really cool thing where there's a cut, but you don't really notice it because they go to the basement and you see the living room and they go to the basement and then it cuts to Nancy in the kitchen and she goes back into the living room and there's footprints are all on flaming, fire and they're going flaming up footprints. the stairs. Yeah, flaming <laughs> footprints. They're going up the stairs to the mother's bedroom. And Nancy in fully just pajamas. So, but he no longer has a physical form. We're just seeing. He does. Yeah. But he's yeah. just leaving flaming footprints. Because he That's was, he was still on fire the whole time. So they go into the parents' bedroom and flaming on fire Freddy is on top of the mother, like <gasps> smothering her. Yeah. And the dad grabs a blanket and like covers it up. And she's just like, see, now do you believe? (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yeah. But this is where we get one of the crazier, like more supernatural. I mean, everything's supernatural in this movie, but. This is like the drag me to hell scene. Yeah. Nancy pulls the blanket off the bed. This full on like Beetlejuice, like. Mm-hmm. burnt up corpse of the mom is in the bed and she's sinking into like the neither world <laughs> and there's like oh, no. lights and lightning and smoke and all this crazy stuff from under the bed the body sinks down and then it just turns back into a regular bed <gasps> and- so the mom is dead and the mom's, mom's gone, gone. Yeah. yeah mom is gone and so it's freddy yeah so they think and nancy's like now do you believe me and the dad's like uh, he doesn't even know what to say, leaves, leaves the room, closes the door behind him and leaves Nancy in the room, right? Seems like a bad idea. Oh, no. In the room where her mom just died. Oh, yes, no. and, was, and was dragged to hell by Freddie. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> so Nancy turns around and reaches for the door handle and you see the sheets start to rise up and Freddie's form is no! under the sheets and he rips his way out and the cutaways to Freddie are like, in darkness, they're they're not lit at all. It's just you see his like silhouetted form. It's some of the best shots of Freddy, because that's the thing is that, especially with this makeup, probably with certain well lit shots of Robert England, it might look a little a little too crazy. A little, it a might little just silly. look like makeup. But he's, little pizza face. But he's best shot when he's done in either silhouette or a uh, kind of just with dim, like moody lighting on. Dark. Yeah, too yeah. dark. Mm-hmm. And like, and when it cuts to Freddy, he's like, he's like almost trembling and he's just like, I'm going to kill you. Like, it's so scary. <laughs> this last scene with Freddy, it's like, he's like trembling and his voice, he's just like, I'm going to murder you. And her back is to him the whole time. And she's mm-hmm. just like, no, you're not. And he's like, what What? he's like, what did you say? And she's like, no, you can't hurt me anymore. I take away. All the power I ever gave to you, you're nothing. I don't believe in you. And as he goes to try and like lunge at her, disappears. Disappears. <gasps> so she just stopped believing in him and that worked. Pretty handy. <laughs> that, that, that's good to know. Would have loved to have learned that, you know, three murders ago. Yeah, this is true. Exactly. <laughs> and this is when, you know, Nancy's got her hand on her mom's bedroom door she opens the door the room is filled with bright light and she walks out and now she's outside of the house daytime daytime and the mom is with her and she's just like all right you're ready for school like have a good day 
But it's very, it's very dream logic-y because Nancy's very much like, wait a minute, what, what? How did I What's get here? What's going on? How did I get here? And the mom's just like, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a great day. Like, have fun at school. And Nancy's just like, yeah, I w- sure. okay, I will. I guess I will have a, I nice, will day have a nice day at school. And <laughs> Glenn pulls up in a car with Tina and oh, Rod. No. Oh, and no. Nancy gets in the car and it's a convertible. And as she gets in the top of the convertible slams down over everybody and it's the red and green stripes of Freddie's sweater. It's the sweater. And Uh, all the windows start going up and Glenn's just like, I'm not doing it. uh, And the car just drives off and they're all just like screaming, ah! And then it cuts back to mom. And Freddie's arm like reaches, well, I mean, first we get the shot of the kids playing and singing the Freddie lullaby lullaby the one two freddy's coming for you yeah Three, doing four, like jump rope like yeah. jumping rope in like, like in like uh baptism dresses mm-hmm. like in like first communion dresses it's a very iconic unsettling <laughs> moment of this movie is just the mm-hmm. image of those children playing and freddy fully breaks the glass of the front door little peephole and just grabs ronnie and just pulls her in Back into the house. Back into the house. Credits. Credits. <gasps> no! <laughs> so I guess this ending was very, uh, I guess this ending was very debated with New Line and Wes Craven. I think that he just wanted to have Nancy walk away just into the fog, keep it ambiguous. But Bob Shea and New Line wanted a scary, ending. a scary ending with sort of a little like button to it. Emily looks stunned. Emily, yeah, I'm, I'm dying to shocked. hear your thoughts. <laughs> Emily, tell I, me. Ooh, I honestly, I, I want to like unpack. I mean, obviously there are more movies, so like she didn't, she didn't beat Freddie. But I, what I really like about that is that you think like it's so fun to be like all she had to do is not believe in him and it and that's and she had yeah. the power along that's like Haha, just fucking kidding he's a goddamn murderer who comes to you at your sleep like no man you can't just decide he's not there he's fucking there yeah Ooh. real one-two punch yeah it's yeah it's a perfect example of a like a true horror movie uh the test is whether or not i mean i guess she's technically alive at the end but whether people actually survive it and this was like no like she's not gonna survive i don't know how you beat this guy find out nancy's completed story until dream warriors number three the third movie too that they sort of tie back together what becomes of nancy and sort of setting up new characters that she has to guide and save through them through this Freddy, whole. Too. How mm-hmm. how many are there total? How many of these films are there? Well, if you want to count Freddy versus Jason, which I don't, there are six. <laughs> um, okay. With Freddy versus Jason, there are seven. Wait a minute! I think I just gagged myself because I don't think I'm counting Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Sure. And New Nightmare is a uh, whole other so there's seven. <laughs> movie to talk about. Sammy, have you ever seen New Nightmare? No, I haven't seen any of the... I've only seen this one. Wes Craven comes back to write and direct it and they do a very meta interpretation to it. That the Nightmare and Elm Street That's movies fun. exist in the movie. Heather Langkamp comes back Ooh. as Heather. She's playing herself. She's playing herself. The, the girl who played nancy in the freddy movies Whoa. and 
and you know, and, and that's interesting. Robert Englund is there, and you know, they talk. They good? have a really good relationship with each. other. He's great. Ooh, and there's yeah. and there's something about sort of the mythology of Nightmare on Elm Street that just seeped itself into the real world after and they made all of these movies. Yeah. That's kind of the, that's the elevator pitch of the movie. That's fun. Yes, indeed. But yeah, I mean, this movie, it's, it's, the dream logic is really cool. It's creepy. It's scary. Like you said, there's this crazy thing at the end where you're just like, she's the final girl, but that last scene, it's like, mm, she really didn't make it. You know? <laughs> yeah. not, a, not a happy it's ending for one. her. No. Yeah. Oh, it's really scary. Well, it also just takes I, I, what the movie is so, so intelligently takes the, you know, what makes things really scary is when it's like where you're comfortable. Like, let's take where you're comfortable and let's turn that on its head. And right. mm-hmm. where yeah. do you feel most safe and most comfortable except when you're actually fully asleep? Uh, and yep. like nothing is safe nothing is safe yeah i i don't know how do you go to bed after this i'm sure so many people <laughs> couldn't go to bed after watching this movie when they first yep. saw it and it came out in theaters like right. horrible terrible horrible. going to bed is wonderful sacred sacred sacred. sacred i have one last bit of trivia that is like possibly the scariest bit of trivia and that freaked me out uh as a kid and the story goes that wes craven kind of had this idea for the Freddy character as a kid. Uh, he has this story that as a kid, he was home and it was night time and he looked out his window and there was a man outside on the street, on the sidewalk, looking into the house and like looking straight at him. And he made eye contact Fuck. with this man and the man was wearing a hat and he was just like, fuck this and like close the curtains <laughs> and like left right and was just like oh my god the scary dude outside and he like waited 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 and he went back and he opened the curtains and looked outside and the man was still there just oh! standing there staring at him no fuck that no thanks <laughs> also can you imagine being a creepy dude who like you've you've been caught you've been yeah. fully seen and then being like i'm just gonna wait it out i'm just I'm gonna, gonna stay here. yep yeah <sighs> And if yeah. you wanna if you wanna have a brief synopsis of number two, that's the that's the gay yes. one. Because the protagonist <laughs> the, gay one? Okay. the protagonist is a teenage boy and Freddie keeps like coming to him in his dreams. Well the thing is the thing is Nancy's family has moved out of this house and a new family moves in and they've got a teenage boy and he moves into Nancy's bedroom and he finds her diary and he starts reading about Freddie and then Freddie comes to him and it's just like I'm going to use you to like do you my know, bidding to do my real- yeah. and there were like these sexual undertones Su- yeah super and, sexy I mean, yeah. because Freddie's fully just like I've uh I've got the brains you've got the body and like says weird stuff like that and, and there's <laughs> oh, lines no. that, oh my god uh, Mark Patton character is saying that freddy's inside of he's me. he's like there's someone inside there's me someone like, inside oh. of me oh no yeah okay listeners go listen to that episode <laughs> wow indeed i am curious so yeah that's nightmare and um, that's a nightmare in elm street <laughs> you guys thank a you nightmare. Yay. that was street. so wow. good what a fucking insane movie i'm oh, so happy that i know about it but i also am dreading having to go to bed tonight so <laughs> yeah. and just Freddy Krueger just turned into a big pop culture figure of mm-hmm. the 80s that yeah. even if you two mm-hmm. hadn't seen this movie, 
you know who Freddy Krueger is just because yeah. it's just that a part of pop yeah. culture yeah. is just Robert England <laughs> in that sweater, hat, and glove. Yeah, for sure. Unforget unforgettable. Uh, yes. Unforgettable. Okay. Well, one thing we do is we say, what did we learn? And you already said it, Emily, but while I was watching it, I was like, I learned that cops are inefficient and we don't need we don't need them <laughs> and teenage potentially girls da- could dangerous teenage girls could do their jobs better than they can very dangerous <laughs> yep. cops yep. are doing the, two, the opposite of what they lessons. should be doing believe women and uh <laughs> cops aren't the solution yeah. that's what i was about to say is that kind of a big theme of all of the sequels is for parents to listen to their kids yeah, yeah. There's, all to your these, kids. there's all of these parts in all of the movies where the kids are saying what's wrong, but the adult figures just dismiss them like, as yeah. being just yeah. crazy teenagers. Yep. So right. listen to your kids. You never right. know. Listen to your kids. Um, I'm so happy we finally got to do this. Yes. I'm sorry, yes, I'm sorry it took many months. It's <laughs> okay. This was a lot of fun. Um, and the other thing that we do is we do a fun voice when we say goodbye. And Freddie's voice is just kind of creepy. So do we all <laughs> just want to do a creepy goodbye <laughs> yes, the creepiest goodbye we can think of with no other no context. Just do no context what, what, for you two that haven't seen it. Just what you imagine Freddie's voice would sound like, <laughs> and for us, mm-hmm. our best impression. So okay, from all of us here at Too Scary Didn't Watch. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everyone, it's Henley. Thanks for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you had as much fun as we did, head on over to Apple Podcasts, where you can rate, review, and subscribe. We're also now on Patreon, in addition to Instagram and Twitter, at TSDW Podcast. Um, We'd love to hear from you. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you'd like us to do next. Um, In the meantime, we're going to be doing Host the following week, which you can find on Shudder. All right. See you later, scaredy cats.